Hey, Devils fans, make sure to sign up for the RWJ Barnabas Health Running with the Devils Virtual 5K, where 100% of the proceeds from the event will benefit RWJ Barnabas Health's Emergency Response Fund. Those who register and run the 5K via the RunGo app between October 1st and October 25th and submit their best time are entered for a chance to receive prizes. Visit NewJerseyDevils.com slash 5K to register. Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to the latest installment of Speak of the Devils. We have two very special guests on today's show, neither of whom really needs an introduction. Marty Brodeur is the winningest goalie of all time. You know that. He helped backstop the Devils to three Stanley Cups, is a two-time Olympic gold medal winner, and is a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. He currently is the Executive Vice President Advisor in the Devils Hockey Operations Department, And you also know, no doubt, that his number 30 is one of five numbers retired by the New Jersey Devils. Kevin Smith is the New Jersey born and raised filmmaker, actor, comedian, podcast host, and comic book aficionado. Among the movies he's written and directed are the well-known Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He is the owner of Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, a comic book store in Red Bank. He's also a longtime Devils fan and will be part of our Devils draft party presented by Investors Bank this Tuesday. What a show we have in store for you. I am pleased to welcome Marty Brodeur and Kevin Smith to speak at the Devils, where we start off, and I'm going to hand things over to Kevin shortly, but we start off talking about Kevin Smith's first Devils game as we rewind the clock to 1988 and the Philadelphia Flyers. My mom, when I was a kid, uh, worked for the devil's doctor. Um, the doctor of the, when, once the devils got to town, what, 82? For the first few years, um, as they were building a following, he was the team doctor. His name was Dr. Richard Kamatucci. So my mom worked. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Kamatucci. So my, my mom yeah. worked. Number one, look, it's Marty. How are you, sir? Excellent. Yeah, real good, thanks. <laughs> nice to <laughs> see you again. Um, so my mom works for Dr. Kamatuchi and he would bring home like sticks. Like I have a Sean Burke hockey uh, goalie stick uh, signed by Sean Burke uh, pucks. She'd give me tickets all the time. And so uh, for years I couldn't get friends in high school or grade school and high school to get into it. it. Wasn't until I met Walter Flanagan who I worked with at the Highlands Recreation Center back in 1988. He is the original Devils super fan. When they first came to town, he picked up on the Devils and has been diehard ever since. The kind of person that shapes his life around the team's schedule and also around the team's wins and losses and whatnot. Um, He believes the shirts that he wears have an effect on whether or not they make it through the playoffs. He's that intense about it. And I first started hanging out with Walter in 88. And uh, two things that most people know about me when they think about me, they're like, oh, that guy, he likes comic books and he likes hockey. Both of those things came from Walter Flanagan. So I first started hanging out with Walt. He was a big Devils fan. At one point, we were playing hockey on the tennis courts out in front of the recreation center. Um, and so I, I was like, I would love to play. And he goes, well, we have a garbage can and goal. Why don't you move the garbage can and be a goalie? He goes, you could be like Marty Brodeur. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so I started playing goal. 
in street hockey um, and, and built up my uh, self-esteem because I'd never been an athletic person whatsoever. It's terrible when I went out for Little League when I was like 10 and 11 years old. You know, I wanted it to be more like the Bad News Bears where people just cursed a lot and stuff. And they actually wanted you to play sports. So I was never really good with sports. With Walter and my new friends like Brian Johnson, also two guys who were on that show, Comic Book Men, um, I got to fall into uh, the world of hockey, fall in love with it, fall in love with being a goalie, appreciate the poetry of the position. So much so that one day I thought I was ready to try ice after playing, you know, uh, ball hockey for a good year and a half. I was like, I'm ready for the ice, man. Went out on the ice on a frozen duck pond in New Jersey. Took one, you know, probably 40 mile per hour puck to the chest. Um, it knocked everything out of me, started crying. It was like, I can't be a goalie and never went near the ice ever again. So during that love affair with growing love affair with hockey, Walter was like, let's go to a hockey game. And I was like, oh, well I can get, free tickets from my mom works at the doctor's office. And that was when our friendship really solidified when suddenly he realized he had access to free tickets to the team. He absolutely loved. So the first game we went to was a flyers game. When I couldn't get tickets from my mom, um, we would go up and scalp tickets out in front of uh, the Meadowlands. Um, it became this uh, ritual. I remember after getting a root canal, my very first root canal, which indicates I've had a few, um, I, I went to a devil's game and still ate a potato knish because those were the things that, that smelled and felt like a happy childhood. So once I was hardcore introduced to the devils, again, my mom introduced me to them by way of her work. But once my, the person I looked up to the most in the world, Walter Flanagan, said that he was a devil's fan, I too became a hardcore devils fan. And so we started going religiously to all the games and um you know had been for years he when the first time you guys raised a cup like you know walter's got two children i'm pretty sure the first time he raised the cup maybe goes neck and neck with the birth of those two kids as well. <laughs> means absolutely that much to him so yeah walter was my way in um to the devils and still remains to this day he is still the hardest core fan i've i've ever met he makes putty and Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld looked silly. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's interesting. I say all the time, and Marty, you know it, hockey, uh, it, the river's not that wide, but it's awfully deep with the connections. And so yeah. here it is, an early Devils team position. You certainly know him. And here's Kevin's mom working in the office, and the connection puts you two and the Devils and, together. Just a wild <laughs> world. It's amazing how it works sometimes. You know, you, you come across so many people, uh, especially when you play for so long, like I did in New Jersey, you come across people that just uh, to, to see that tree, you know, how everything branches out and then um, you get support from people you never thought, he didn't even know you, you know, and it's kind of pretty cool. And it has a great deal to do with the fact that, like, you know, it's marketed as New Jersey's team, but we in the state feel that way. It's one of our only teams, if not our only team, certainly our only major league team. So like, you know, a lot of people say, well, about the Giants and the Jets, they play there, but we're not, they're not claimed by New Jersey. So like the Devils have always been our team. Um, they belong to the people of New Jersey, uh, the working class, the blue collar, um, and they're scrappers, man, they're strugglers. They worked for every bit of respect they ever got and they worked hard to raise their cups. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's kind of great for for us players, you know, to come across all the people that support us. And and you're right the way you describe them. 
You know, they're people that they care. You know, we might not be in, in the biggest market there is, but the people that are supporting us are, are really special. Uh, you know, they're, they're invested. And, and, you know, they, they sacrifice. You know, we, we sit, sit down now, obviously, with, after my career, I've been a little more involved talking to the fans and then get to know them a little bit. And when, when you hear people like driving 45 to an hour into traffic to come to a hockey game in the middle of the week, it's mind-blowing for me. You know, I mean, I just got up. That was my job. Just put strap the pads on and try to try, try to make a save, you know. And But these people are, are that's their life. And that's what the beauty of, of having all the support from from the fans around around the, the Garden State. That's for sure. Let me ask you this. You, you, raising the cup, of course, is the goal of every young hockey player, the dream of every young hockey player. But not every young hockey player dreams about the moment where they unveil like a statue of <laughs> What was it like when you saw them unveil a statue? Pretty surreal. Uh, you know, I'm kind of glad it's still there, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's something that you never expect. You know, I think when they, they brought it to my attention uh, the year that they, uh, they retired my jersey and put it in the rafter and they said they, they wanted to do something special. And uh, when they came up with the idea of the statue and I was like, whoa, this is this is big. This is pretty impressive. So. Uh, like to me, I think it's a great honor. I think it just shows uh, the history of our franchise. I was able to play on, on three Stanley Cup teams, uh, played on some great hockey team, and we became a really important franchise. So for our fans to be able to walk to, uh, to the Prudential Center and, and come across the statue, yes, it's me, but I think it, it's where the organization uh, has been more, more, more than just the personal aspect of it. But uh, it definitely uh, feels kind of weird a little bit, you know, uh, I walk a lot right by it and people have no clue it's me. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's a rare fraternity. It's like Gretzky's got a statue. Bobby Orr's got a statue. I'm sure Gordy Howe's got a statue, probably in Detroit. I mean, how many statues can you think? And then there's yours, man, which is nuts. You're in a very rarefied club. Like in, yeah. in terms of, think about how rare, how exceptional the talent has to be in order for you to make it into a professional organization like the NHL. Uh, then how precise and, and, and extraordinary your talents have to be to wind up considered the best of the best. Then extraordinary enough to raise cups. Then extraordinary enough where they're like, that career, that deserves like a trophy. By the time hockey was done, man, where you're like, well, I guess, I'll, I guess there's literally nothing left to do. They've given me a statue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's it's surreal. But again, if I, I would trade any of that to be able to play hockey, still, you know, I I still miss it. You know, it's one of those things you you play you play to have success, but it's so much fun uh, to be part of a part of a team, uh, com compete at the highest level in front of, of packed buildings, uh, and that's why I feel the playoffs just just ended. And you know, it's too bad for the Tampa Bay Lightning to to have to celebrate in an empty building because that's the beauty of winning. You know. I was able to to win uh, one Stanley Cup, two Stanley Cups at home, and that was uh, that was pretty. That was, that was so cool to to be able to make uh, all our fans experience that that moment. Um, can I? I took the opportunity to grab questions from my boy Walter Flanagan because I know you've been asked <laughs> a zillion things, but he came up with some pretty fantastic ones. So here we go. Most intense teammate you ever had. Most intense teammate. That's pretty easy. He's in the broadcast of every single devil game, Ken Danico. Is it Kenny Danico? Oh, yeah. 
he's pretty intense. Scott Stevens oh. could give him a run for his money, though. He's uh, he's pretty intense too. I can give you. I can vouch for that, man. I remember being in the stands with Walter. We scalped really good tickets for like a, a goal corner left. So you know they switched twice during the game, of course. So we got to be uh, back where Kenny Danico was in a defense position for most of the game. And we're like right on the glass. We're not pounding or anything. We're just watching the game. And throughout the game, he kept looking over and it felt like he was just looking mean mugging us. And I was like, is Kenny Danico looking at us? And Walter's like, I'm pretty sure. He did it so many times, man. It was intimidating to say the least. So I imagine (laughs) anyone facing down him on the ice. That would be pretty intense. Um, All right. How about this one? The clutchest teammate you ever played with. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of guys, guys like Patrick Ilyash was pretty clutch, scored a couple of big goals. Jason Arnott, obviously a uh, major, major goal. Uh, but I would say, you know, Claude Lemieux was, was pretty clutch player. You know, I think through the years, scored some big goals through the organization in the playoffs. And I'll probably say Claude Lemieux. All right. Who was the best in all your years on the ice? Who was the best chirper, the best trash talker? Ooh, that's a good and one. My best meaning, like, who was the worst? Meaning, I hated the trash talk, but the best where you're like, I respected that trash talk game. At least it was fun. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of the tough guys have, have a lot of good lines because they they spend most of the their uh, of the game on the bench, so they they yap at everybody all the time. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think Jim McKenzie, I think was was pretty uh, pretty funny, pretty witty as far as some lines, and obviously you didn't have to pay many consequences with the size that he had and how tough he was so he didn't really care about too much but uh there's always a bunch of guys like Dano was good too he had some good one-liners uh especially for him he always uh, told us that uh he was the strongest man in the league uh he's got two minutes because he's been too strong you know all these lines so <laughs> they're all good <laughs> um all right here's a weird one ready if you had to pick just one devil's team that you played on to beat an elite alien race in a game of ice hockey like Space Jam for the fate of planet Earth, which team, which devil's team do you choose? Whew, they're a little scary. Um, I would probably uh, pick the 2000 uh, Cup team. Uh, that team was as fast as it gets, as tough as it gets. So uh, I'm not sure how we're going to beat aliens, but if if I would bring that team with me anyway. <laughs> you have any chance at saving the galaxy, it's with that team. Um, let me see. Uh, Walter asks, personal favorite save. He's going to give you his example. He's partial to the Scorpion kick save against the Rangers in game five of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. He loved the Scorpion kick save. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Uh, I think one of my uh, good save too that I made is uh, in game game three, Matty, or game four against Detroit on Chris Draper. Uh, when I extended my stick on the goal line and they got caught, caught in the net and the guy tried to stuff it in and just because my stick was stuck, you know, the, the puck didn't go in. Uh, that was one of the, it was early in my career, so a lot of people probably don't remember it, but that was a, that was a pretty good one too. Fantastic. Uh, strangest superstition from a teammate you ever saw while playing? Strange Ooh. ritual, superstition. 
Um, I know Zach and Travis were pretty, pretty bad about something in the hotel room. I'm not sure. Like one, one couldn't get in the room before the other. There was, there was something like crazy and they, they went, they went for it for years. So I'm, like I said, that, 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 that one was pretty weird. Um, what about, uh, let me see of all the, of all your attributes, Walter asked, which played the biggest role, which one played the biggest role in becoming the winningest goaltender in NHL history. What was the single greatest attribute to being the legend? Uh, probably my durability. Uh, I played, played a lot of years, played um, a lot of games, a lot of minutes, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of back-to-backs and I didn't get hurt much, you know, and I was pretty stayed healthy for most of my career. Obviously I got a couple injuries here and there, but I think you don't you don't uh, write the the record book the way I did for not playing a lot of games. You know, uh, I figure more you play, the better the odds are going to be. And so uh, that's I would think my dur- durability is something that that's probably uh, you know puts me in a different uh, different category for uh, other goalies. As you got to as close as like perfect attendance that they give in the NHL, right? Like you didn't miss anything. You were always there, and you did play for years. Like you went yeah. longer than most. Yeah, well, I played the most minutes, most most games than, than anybody else. So that, that means uh, you're durable. <laughs> Durability is a tremendous response, sir. You're absolutely right. Um, all right, this one is strange. Um, ready? It's going to require a memory. It helps if people have YouTube. In game three, this is – I've known Walter for years. He's been talking about this since it happened in the year 2000. For, so for two decades, 20 years – this has fascinated him. He's talked about it on his Tell Him Steve Dave podcast. We've talked about it on Smodcast. In game three of the 2000 Stanley Cup Finals, in the second period, if you're watching the game on TV, a strange, unidentifiable object appears. And you, Marty, make a save on it. For 20 years, Walter has wondered what that was. It wasn't a puck, but when you watched it from TV, it looked like an, an alien microscope moving fast and it came at you and you batted it away. Do you remember this at all? Not at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have good memory about certain saves, but this one, uh, I don't know. It was always like, we always try. I was like, I think it must be the angle of the camera. Maybe it was just like a bug. One of those large yeah, bugs. Yeah, yeah. metal lands is right there by the swamp. So they could get some bugs. But but Walter but game game three game three would have been in Dallas would it be? Is that right? The second period, yeah, it's game three of two thousand, so it wasn't yeah. even in New Jersey. Yeah, so I don't know. He had some conspiracy conspiracy <laughs> theory. He, he went total next world alien kind of thing. <laughs> but funny. it's nice to know that, like, you know, there's no like you were like, oh my god, I remember that, and to this day it haunts me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all I got on the Walter questions, man. And I know he appreciates the responses. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, what's cool is, is while you two guys were going back and forth, I just checked out uh, the wiki uh, information on Walter. And the photo of, is of him wearing a devil's uh, shirt. So, man, he has died in the wool. Every season of Comic Book Men, his attire was New Jersey devil's based. He, it was just that's what he looks like off camera. That's what he looks like on camera. 
And I know like, you know, where he's, uh, he does a podcast called Tell Him Steve Dave with Brian, who was on Comic Book Men, and another guy named Brian Quinn, who's on Impractical Jokers, the TV show. And so like Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers has done devils promos, like let's go devils and all that stuff. And like Walter's like, I've been a fan since 82. I'm right here. <laughs> Consider it on the list to get him to be involved. In the promos, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and you and Brian Quinn, speaking of Brian Quinn, you're both going to be involved in our devil's uh, draft party. Uh, that's, that's very cool. Uh, An absolute what are you looking forward to? An absolute honor. And I'll be honest with you. I was really like scared to tell Walter that I was doing it because I knew he would also be like, why you? But a, a true honor for a longtime fan to be able to do it. And, and look, I mean, look, I am a longtime fan. This is what sits on my desk, a devil Zamboni. This, of course, is always nearby, even though I'm from New Jersey, very Canadian at heart. Remember these, man, when Marty got out and they made the 30-year 30, the 30 ring? Always sitting right here because Jersey is so close to my heart. People ask me for years why I always wore hockey hockey jerseys all the time. And I always told them, I was like, that way, no matter where I am in the world, I could always be in Jersey. People like, that's sweet. Um, But really, it was because I was uh, out of of shape. And a hockey jersey is good for hiding pads. It's also good for hiding natural padding as well. Well, that is no longer the case uh, with you, that's for sure. Everyone knows that story, Kevin. Um, you may, uh, Walter is the manager of your uh, comic book store. He does. Uh, Jay he and Silent Bob's comic book store in Red Bank, isn't he? Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash still runs the place. Uh, we've had it, uh, let me see, we opened in 1997, so we're on our 23rd year, uh, right on Broad Street in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, if, if there was one episode, we did a show there for AMC called Comic Book Men for Years. I think it was season one or two, probably two. We went up to a devil's game and stuff like that. Like always worked in the the team because the team has always meant a great deal. If you go into the secret stash, you see the pennants hanging up. There's a whole New Jersey devil section. Everything else is comic books and sci-fi oriented except this very prominent like New Jersey devil's pride section. That all comes from Walter. You guys were together, uh, you, Kevin, and Marty about a year ago at The Rock uh playing a twitch game how did that go marty i had a i had a blast but i'm like terrible at modern day games marty was actually really good man you you learn right away that hockey players are all pretty good at the game because they're from the game um i I always thought i was i thought i was doing pretty good until i heard my kids laughing at me all the time they were trying (laughs) to message me through the game to say dad you're embarrassing yourself you're embarrassing yourself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, you look better than me, man. I, I'm a side scroller. I, my my gaming ended at Pitfall on Atari Activision. So, yeah, exactly. Activision. That's, that was my game. It was such a, a wonderful event, man, that we got to do. Those Twitch people are really nice. And we got to yeah, do it was, there at The Rock as well. Yeah, he ran in the locker room. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Taylor Hall was involved. I guess yeah, he was. Yeah, we got to team. do it with Halsey. That was pretty sweet, man. Yeah, he was crowned the champ, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was. By, by default, I think. Uh, probably, but he's also a kid. Actually, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Uh, his demographic uh, gave him an edge. That's for sure. There's no question about it. Uh, Kevin, did, did, 
did you get too many Stanley Cup games? I'm curious. I know you, your fanhood. What stands a out? Playoff, a lot of playoff games because I remember the big giant oversized ticket and stuff, and I still have them pressed in albums, family albums and whatnot. Never went to a cup raising game. Uh, I remember uh, watching two of them at home as they happened. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the cup games are a little on the pricey side most times and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I had a pretty nice TV so I could watch it home. But um, I would say if I had to guesstimate, and this is before, like, I was making money for a living, when I was just working at Quick Stop, when I wasn't making a movie at Quick Stop or making a living from a movie I made at Quick Stop, when I was just working at Quick Stop for five bucks an hour and stuff, I've still managed to go to over the course of from 19, say, 88 to like 92. So about four years there. Easily, we went to 12 home games a year, which is like pulling it together. Like at a certain point, Dr. Kamatuchi stopped working for the Devils. My free tickets went away. So every time we wanted to go, it was pulling together some bucks uh, to do it. But it was such a religious experience, as every hockey fan knows, particularly as every Devils fan knows. Walking into the rink is like walking into a church. And when you walk into the rock, it's like walking into a, a cathedral. And you feel like, oh, my religion has finally warranted the cathedral that it absolutely deserves. So it's a spiritual thing. It's not only entertainment. It's not only, yeah, we're going to watch something and we're going to pass the time by and not think about our own imminent demise and stuff for two hours. No, you're also going to be transported someplace else. You're going to see magicians gliding across the surface of a diamond, man. Like, it's one of the most beautiful games in the world to watch. And if you have any passion whatsoever for either of the teams playing, you are dialed in. Walking into that rink, seeing red, seeing going far as back as seeing Christmas tree green and stuff like that. These instantly invoke uh, the, the endorphins that fire off happy memories, man, make me feel good. Whenever I see our logo, instantly I'm, I'm made to feel younger. It takes me back to the first time I saw it. My mother said, this is who I work for. What is this? This is a hockey team. We have a hockey team. Yes. They're called the New Jersey devils and stuff. It's a point of pride growing up and still remains so to this day. So I, when I think about going to the games, I, I can close my eyes and picture that exact feeling. The rumble, the always like kind of loud rumble of a crowd being in the building, as well, of course, the constant music that's being played, the scent of all the food, because let's be honest, as, as fantastic as the games are, and they are, 75% of the experience is what you're eating while you're there. And, you know, they always wind up making some damn good food. And when they opened up the rock and then started up and up those with well, the fancy plays, like the fire in the ice grill and stuff, oh, suddenly like you felt like, because I'd been to other rinks around the, uh, around the country. And, you know, some of the newer ranks, you were like, holy crap, look at these guys living in style. We're playing at the Meadowlands, Brent Byrne and stuff. So finally, when the, the Devils had a rink worthy of, of, of uh, their stature, of uh, and their place in the NHL, um, it, it, was, uh, it, it was for the guy who'd been around since, you know, they didn't have their own uh, restaurant, let alone two, let alone our doors that open up and all that stuff. Uh, it was a great day. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to you uh, joining us on the draft party. It was great to sit back and hear you two talk. And when you talk to Walter next, he's got a promise. He's got a spot for sure. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Matt. Uh, Marty, excellent seeing you again, as always. You don't age, dude. Yeah. I know you talk about, like, I miss playing. You look like you could still jump between the pipes right now. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I uh, appreciate it. <laughs> 
All right, hey, guys, no, it was nice, uh, nice seeing you again. By the way, you're right. You know the uh, the commercial he does for Enterprise where he's on the ice and making all those moves? I asked him. I had the nerve to ask him. I said, come on, Marty. Did you? He goes, oh, no, I made those moves. They told me just do a variety of these moves. So he's still got it, Kevin. There's no question. And what a great story it would be. Like, you know, he took a couple years off. Now he's back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be a, that would be cool. That would be a storyline for sure. Anyway, Kevin, it was a pleasure, man. It was pleasure. It was awesome. Long live the Devils, New Jersey's team. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. I've been fortunate enough to be involved in some very cool things with the New Jersey Devils, covering three championships. Certainly, number one on that list. But this was a very cool part of uh, my association with the Devils to sit back and watch Kevin Smith interact with Marty Brodeur, listen to some of the stories, the way he described hockey uh, and his passion for the Devils as it comes out. And uh, Marty certainly uh, had a good time too, as you could tell by his responses. So special thanks to Kevin Smith for joining us. And again, don't forget that he will be part of our Devils draft party sponsored by Investors Bank on Tuesday. Looking forward to having him and Brian Quinn on that show and looking forward to one day having Walter be involved with the New Jersey Devils as well. On that note, we'll wrap things up. Thank you so much for your company. It's always appreciated. Until next time, be safe, be well. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye, everyone.